Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. I was feeling a little flat this morning, no particular reason. It just happens just like it does for you. And cricket team got a hiding, football team got a hiding, but I'm used to that. I don't think it had anything to do with that. There's nothing particularly that was a problem for me. However, I walked into church and I saw the music team. And um, God gave me an insight, I suppose, uh, maybe an encouragement, whatever it was. Gee, Paul, God's put some really good people around you. And uh, I just looked at each of those team members and I know their journey and their work. Uh, I I know their heart. And uh, I had this overwhelming sense... (laughs) Gee, I'm blessed, just blessed to have this group of people and this team and people around. So sometimes maybe when you're just doing a little tough or you feel a bit flat, it's simply just seeing the people that God's put around you and just simply the blessing that God gives you. In so many ways that we sometimes take advantage, well, take for granted, I suppose. So um, yeah, sometimes we just need to have the right perspective, don't we? Uh, The blessing is always there. Uh, On a sad note... um, just to share with you that uh, Alan Hill passed away on Saturday morning. And so Alan and Sandra, if you could just be mindful of the family. And uh, a long battle over a long period of time. And uh, he was very courageous and uh, we're just thankful for the faith that he exhibited. But we're also mindful of the family and uh, Sharon, uh, Belinda and uh, Sandra and just pray God's blessing uh, upon them at this time. So the service looks like being a Monday week. Uh, next Monday sometime we just haven't finalised all the details but I'm sure you'll continue to support them in prayer. Actually we'll, would you join with me as we do that now. Father God we thank you for our church family. We thank you for the encouragement that we receive from each other. We thank you for our music team the way that you've gifted them and blessed them, but mostly, God, the way that you've given them a heart for you and a desire and a passion to worship you. Thank you for them. Thank you for them. And God, we're also aware that as we journey together as family, we share in the more difficult moments as well. And Father God, we know it's been a challenge for Alan for some, well, years and months now in various ways. And we know that he now enjoys his great reward uh, as he sits in your presence. So, Father God, we're not sad for him. We understand the the wonderful new life that he's now enjoying. But, Father God, we're mindful of those of his family who are grieving. And we just pray your blessing over them. May they know of your peace. May they know of your comfort. May they know of your courage and your strength. You may or may not know them, but would you like to just offer a prayer? Just at this time, that just God's blessing would be upon them. And that they would know and experience God's love mercy and grace. Father God, as we pray now, we're mindful that we carry various burdens. Life is not always fair. There are challenges that we need to work through and there are things that weigh heavily on us. And so this morning, Father God, we ask that you would give us insight, uh, spiritual insight to be able to discern uh, a life of faith that you want us to live where we trust you, the importance of faith, 
uh, what that means, how you respond to it. But I pray mostly, Father God, we'd come to that place where our hearts are full of thanks and gratitude because you are a good, good Father and we can trust you. And you've shown to us through uh, many, many experiences, many, many years where you have revealed yourself to us to be faithful and true. So, God, as we consider this passage this morning, I pray that we would just rest in faith and rest in you, that that's where we'd land, that it's about faith and trusting you. So lead us and guide us through this, uh, enable us to grow and have that discernment that we need. But Lord, I pray that we just come back to that simple childlike faith. We trust you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, sometimes as you uh, read through God's Word, uh, you have to think a little bit deeper or, or look a little bit deeper to fully understand what God is saying. What is His message to us? And, and it's always a good idea to try and understand something of the context of the passage. And so what we mean by that is we look at why, did, why is this written or who is it written to? Uh, sometimes it's good to consider how the original hearers of that word would have heard it according to their experience, according to their culture, according to their circumstances. So things that are written specifically to a group of people, we have to understand why it was written and what they would have heard at that time to understand, I suppose, the cultural understanding, understand their circumstances. But one thing that we need to do always is if we find a biblical principle that we come across in God's Word is that truth or that principle has to have integrity right throughout the whole Bible. In other words, we need to be careful that we don't look at one passage or one verse and take some sort of teaching from it unless it actually is something that can be multiplied through all the passages of the Bible and it remains true. So it, it needs to have integrity to be, when it's compared with all the other information that we have. And so it, it can be dangerous for us sometimes just to look at one verse uh, and try and understand what God is saying and to develop a spiritual truth from it without considering um, what it means in the overall scheme of things, what God has said through his word in a number of things. But even then, you'll find in the Bible there are things that appear to sort of say two different things. Uh, I can't remember a lot from college. It's a long time ago, and I wasn't the best student. But I can remember that we call these things antinomies. Antinomy is something that is on its own a separate truth that has integrity or it makes sense to us. Uh, but when combined with another truth that also has integrity on its own doesn't make sense. And so they're two separate truths that are on that you would say, yes, this is true, and yes, this is true, but when you bring them together, they don't seem to match. And that's called an antinomy. So as an example of that, you would say, is God sovereign? Does he control and overrule everything? And you say, yes, he is. He is sovereign. The next question you could ask is, do we have a free will? Do you and I get to choose? Yes, that is also true. We get to choose. However, in the human mind, it is impossible for us to bring those two things together because if God is sovereign, he controls everything and we don't get a choice. And if we get to choose and we have a free will, God is not sovereign. And so we, at times, find these things where it would seem from a human perspective that we can't marry them up, but they are both separately true. 
And so it's really important, one of the the key principles you need to understand uh, when you read the Bible and you're interpreting and discerning is that we work on a both-and understanding. Rarely is God's truth an either-or. In other words, it's very rarely this and not that. Often with God's teaching and for us to understand things, we have to apply a both-and understanding. It is both this and that together that makes the truth. Not always easy, but it's something that we have to learn. Now, I'm not suggesting that God's truth is flaky or inconsistent. Uh, It's just that our minds don't have the capacity to bring God down to a level where we can fully understand him. So God is beyond us and his mind is beyond us. And our understanding of him, although great through the life of Christ that we can look at, is still limited, is still limited. So we're, we're looking at this passage this morning that talks about um, believing and receiving, basically. And, and it's a difficult passage. It's a difficult passage because in reality, we're not sure what God means by it. <laughs> Can we take it at face value? Can we understand that if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer? And it's one of those passages which we might interpret slightly differently, but it certainly needs some unpacking. Uh, Can we just say that if I have enough faith that I will get whatever I ask for in prayer? Because that's what it says. And so we either take it at face value or we think, okay, is there something else that I need to understand about that? So it comes to a place where we can grasp what the truth of what God is trying to say. And I just want to say again, this is not about some shortcoming in case in God's direction. It's not like he's inconsistent. Uh, it's not like he's unreliable. This is simply us realizing that our minds cannot grasp everything of God. And we need to sort of work our way through understanding what he has for us. So what we want to do today is come to a place where we have an understanding of a truth that applies right throughout the whole of Scripture. So you and I can understand it and live by it uh, and be encouraged by it. We pick up the story as we read earlier. Early in the morning, he was on his way back to the city. He was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. Now, Jesus is not cursing the fig tree. The fig tree is just a tree doesn't have a conscience, it doesn't choose, it doesn't have a soul. (laughs) Uh, Jesus is symbolically demonstrating the unfaithfulness of the people of Israel. Uh, He's coming towards the cross. He's coming to that time where he's going to bear his soul, the suffering servant. And those who call themselves the special people of God will not respond. And so symbolically, he's demonstrating, I suppose, this judgment that's going to become on the people of God because they're not going to respond to him. So he's not necessarily cursing the tree. It is symbolically displaying, I suppose, the judgment that's going to come under, uh, come under in that sense. So there's this, one of the things that we can get from this and we need to build on is this truth. It's impossible to please God without faith. And the reason that he talks about if you just have enough faith and you know, the mountains can be thrown into the sea and you sort of go, what does he mean by that? Um, Jesus is reflecting on the lack of faith that the people of God are going to have in the short term. And he's frustrated with that and he's just making people aware that, that, you know, that fig tree will be cursed and the fruit will wither. 
as symbolically displaying what will happen with the people of God. So if you and I are going to err anywhere, if we're going to fall one side or the other, if we're going to sort of think, where does this faith, where does this believing, receiving thing fit? Is it true that if I just have enough faith, God will give me whatever I ask for? It's a nice idea. Um, there's certainly some value in our minds as we think about that. Imagine that. If we just have enough faith, we can have whatever we ask for. But the reality is that we sort of, as we unpack it, we think, well, I'm not sure if that's always true or there's something wrong with my faith or that doesn't always be the case for me. Maybe it's just me. There's something wrong with me. So we need to come to a place of understanding a truth that enables us to capture something of what God has. And this is this. We always build our life on faith. If ever we're to err, we're err on the side of believing, believing that God can do anything, he's able to do anything, nothing's impossible for him. He doesn't want us to hide back in a sense where we pull back from faith because it's safer, but he wants us to live on the edge where we have a life of faith. Faith is believing in what we cannot see. Faith is believing what we don't understand or make sense to us. Faith is following God's leading and guiding by his spirit because we trust him. And so God doesn't want us to live a safe life in the sense of trusting ourselves and working within our own comfort zones and what makes sense to us. God wants us to live our lives beyond that, where we're out of our comfort zone, where we live by faith. So it's very clear, if you lead through, through Hebrews, we have a long list of people, of all these people who acted in faith. And there we read, it's impossible to please God without faith. So rather than erring on the conservative side and not believing that God answers prayer and he does amazing stuff, we don't sort of run away into a corner, into a hole and just play it safe. We have to live a life of faith. We have to come to that place where we believe. Now, the life of faith is not an easy journey. It's not easy for us. There's uncertainty. It seems sometimes that life is unfair. Sometimes we purely just don't understand. But Jesus is calling from us, asking us to respond in faith. The fig tree didn't bear figs. And that's what fig trees are meant to do, bear figs. As Christians, we are meant to live by faith. That's our calling. That, that's, what, that's what disciples of Jesus do. He bears fruit in us as we live by faith. And, and so we're not, we're not understanding or we're not taking hold of the opportunity that we have unless we're living by faith. So the moment that you and I sort of think it's too scary to live by faith and trust God in areas that we don't understand, and the moment we sort of run away and play it safe, we're not actually living by faith. We're like fig trees who don't bear figs. And so the challenge always comes back to live a life of faith. Now, I could talk to you about the ingredients that are needed in a recipe to cook something, but I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> But I can talk to you about the engine in your car. Basically, the engine in your car needs three things to go, okay? It, it needs fuel, it needs air under compression, it needs just at the right time some spark. If you have those three things, your car will go. <laughs> but if you don't have those things in the right proportion and mixture at the right time, you can sit in the car park and you can turn the key of a car of the engine until the battery goes flat. It will not start. <laughs> you can do whatever you like. You can stand on your head, but it won't start. <laughs> The Christian life really only makes sense and we only move into that sweet spot of our faith when we live by faith, when we're actually 
trusting and stepping out of what we're comfortable with and believing God to step into the gap. And so we don't control anything, and that's really scary for a lot of us. We're not in control. We don't order things. We don't know what's going to happen. We can't manipulate the results that we want. We just live in this sort of sense where we are living by faith and trusting God. And so Jesus is upset and rightfully so. He's just about to go to the cross and the people who say they're the people of God are going to reject him. They're not going to respond. They're not going to respond as an act of faith. And so we need to understand this morning as we try and understand uh, this passage which says if you have enough faith you can have whatever you ask for, we're trying to build a foundation. Because what I don't want to do this morning is to... um, sell short the importance of faith. I don't want us to be conservative. I I don't want us to go and run under a rock and think, oh, well, it's just too hard to understand it fully. I'm just going to work within what I understand and what I know. I want us to be stretched this morning so we come to that place where our faith grows and mature and, and realize the balance of what we're saying this morning, but not to go conservative with it, not because we can't understand it and say, oh, well, we won't go there. I'd rather us err on the side of living a life of faith because it's impossible to please God without faith. The Christian life will be meaningless to you and to me without faith, without believing what we cannot see, with not believing what we do not understand. It is impossible to please God without faith and it's really important. The last thing I want to do this morning is underplay or in any way the importance of faith. I don't want to do that because it's impossible to, impossible to please God without a life of faith. The other thing that we need to realize is this faith always submits to the authority of God. We read just earlier uh, a passage that's familiar to us where Jesus uh, drives the people out. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all of her buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. So here we see prior to Jesus heading towards Bethany that um, Jesus encounters the people in the temple and throws them out. One of the things about faith that's important when it comes to believing and receiving is this. Uh, God has the ultimate authority. God can do whatever he likes. Now, you and I have rights as the children of God. Uh, We have some spiritual blessings. There is many things that we can claim, many wonderful things that we claim as the children of God. But we do need to understand this. We, We don't have the right to question God. We don't have the right to sort of say, hey, God, do you know what you're doing? We don't have the right to say, God, well, that's not really fair. I'm not sure if you should play like that. As we see Jesus in all authority coming in and just clearing out the temple, there's no grey here. Uh, Jesus has full authority. And part of our faith life is built on this, that Jesus, you have full authority. Now, because of God's mercy and grace, we are his children. And sometimes it is good that we feel close and familiar to him. But sometimes we feel or we get too familiar And we feel like we've got some right to question God. Or we say, hey God, I'm not sure if that's fair. I'm not sure if that's right. I'm not sure if that's consistent. 
But the faith that we need to have is this faith that just says, God, you can do whatever you like. You're God. I willingly surrender and I come under. I recognize that. I have a relationship with you. I can talk to you. I can share my heart. But when it's all sort of, when all the layers of scale back, God can do whatever he likes. I don't know about you, but I find that to be a hard place to get into, a hard space to get into. I know it with my head to be true, but that willingness to surrender, that willingness to be that humble where God, you just do whatever you want to do and I trust you for it. And it gives some balance and some perspective when we look at this idea, if I believe, then I'll receive whatever you ask in my name. Because if there's not that authority, it will become a demand. God, I'm believing, I better receive. God, I'm believing enough, so you better give me what I'm asking for. And straight away, the relationship God with is out of whack and we've lost perspective. And if we ever get to that place where we believe by faith we can have anything, to the point where we question God and doubt him and even argue with him, we're not in a good space. But the other is also true. If we don't believe, if we don't have faith, we won't ask. And the Bible says if you don't ask, you, you don't have because you don't ask. So I want us this morning to understand that faith is the key. We can't please God without faith. I want us to understand that we, that faith is built on the fact that God has ultimate authority. We don't question him. We don't doubt him. We don't argue with him. We don't wrestle with him. We just say, God, you have authority. But all the time we believe that he answers prayer. All the time we believe in that broad principle, God can do anything he likes. Nothing is too hard for him. And he answers prayer. So when we have a passage like this that we read and we go, it seems to be saying this, but it doesn't necessarily not ring true, that would not be the right phrase, but it doesn't seem to be consistent with our experience of life. What do we do? Well, we go beyond that passage and we start to look for other information. We try to look for other situations where people have asked God for something. And so we try and get some more information. Therefore, in, to, in order to keep me from being conceited, the Apostle Paul said, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So if you put the filter through the Apostle Paul <laughs> and you look at his life, we know a few things. We know that he had a dramatic conversion, an amazing conversion. We know that the Apostle Paul is someone who would never doubt what God could do. This man is not lacking in faith. He has seen God do some amazing stuff in his own life. He's had personal experience. And so there's no lacking faith here. There's no doubting. The other thing we can see is that he was persistent in his prayer. He kept going back to God and praying, God, will you take this away from me? Will you take this away from me? Will you take this away from me? So he is full of faith. He's persistent in prayer. But God says no. So what do we do that with that? Well, one of the things we can do with that is we can just pretend we didn't read this passage. 
We just go back to the other one because it sounds better, it sits better with us where we just ask for what we want when we get it. And so we go, we do. Now, you may, well, you're not laughing, but I know what you're thinking. Um, We do this all of the time. We selectively decide to make something our favourite verse and passage because it suits us. But we actually have to come under God and say, well, yes, God, you said that there, but we read here, this is what's happened to Paul. And so what do we do when this happens? We, we selectively go, well, I don't want to read that part. <laughs> the other one's much better. I'll just stick with that. Now, the other thing that we can do is we can give up. And that's just as bad. In other words, we can so look at Paul's situation that we go, you know what, we worship a God who just says, tough it out, Paul. He doesn't answer prayer. He doesn't do anything miraculous. He just says, suck it up. And we can be just as bad, and that can be just as damaging to just have that view. It's, it's not either or, it's both and. God does this and he does that. But when we look at this story, we can go, well, I just have to, I don't want to have too much faith. I want to have zero expectation, then I won't be disappointed. I'm just going to tough out through life because God says my grace is sufficient when you're weak I'm strong and that's true but here we are faced with two passages virtually saying two different things and what we need to do is to have the right approach and understand this nothing is too hard for God he answers prayer and we need to believe that by faith but we also need to understand there are other times when he says to us there's another way You have come to me with this request, but I have another way. I have another way of doing it. I have something else in mind. And this is where it comes back to faith. If faith is just a means of getting what we want because we ask for it in faith and he gives it to us, we'll never understand the full meaning of what faith is. Faith is actually believing that when we ask for something and God says, no, there's another way, we trust him with that other way. That's why it needs to have this authority. You and I are not just buddy buddies with God. <laughs> now, you know I'm a grace person and you know that I, I love that idea that I'm a child of God and the righteousness of Christ has been accredited to me. You may not believe it, but I have a divine nature. I have the nature of Jesus living in me. That's how good it is to be a child of God and I'm so thankful for his grace. But you know what? God can do whatever he likes. He, he's not asking me for my opinion. He hasn't texted me or emailed me lately saying, Paul, I've got a bit of a problem. What do you think I should do with this? (laughs) But the moment that we make a request in faith, believing, and God doesn't answer the way that we want, is the moment where our faith is tested. Are we in this for the reward? That's why we have faith, or we try to have faith, or do we just have faith because we trust God with everything and he has final authority? I think it's an important thing for us to realise because we can be selective. We we simply say if we read something we don't like, we just cross it out. The JWs do it all the time and many others. But we can be just as guilty because we have a personal preference. This is what I want to hear. This is what I want my faith to be. This is how I see things panning out and so I want it to say this. But we'll overlook it when it says something else. I can assure you, and and this would be my my words of advice of all my years of ministry, the best word in the Christian faith is balance. It is rarely ever an extreme, and yet that's where we like to go. Why do we go to extremes? Because we go to our extremes because that makes our point of view look stronger. (laughs) 
In other words, we develop an idea and a thought and a process and a lifestyle and we just go for it all that we can. And by doing that, we pull ourselves right to the left or we pull ourselves right to the right and we lose balance. This morning, we have to understand there is balance. We need to believe in a God that can do anything. Nothing is too hard for him. We need to have faith and believe that there's nothing that is too hard for him. That's why we pray. Faith is not so we get what we ask for. Faith is what makes us pray. Where we say, God, I want to be connected to your purposes, what you want. I trust you. You have full authority. You can do whatever you like. And I trust you. That's hard. And how does this fit in with renewal? How does this fit in with dry bones coming to life? This idea of receiving and believing. It exposes our motives. It exposes our heart. It exposes why we're in this journey of faith. Why we come to church. Why we pray. Because the reality is this. We see and understand that God is able to bless us abundantly. And he does. And he will. (laughs) But all the time we come under surrender and humility where we say, God, if you say no, that's okay with me. If you have another way, that's okay with me. And this really just cuts to the core. It cuts to the basis why we follow. It cuts to the core why we worship, why we do all sorts of things. Because I can tell you what, with humans, one thing that we struggle with is motive. (laughs) And if we are drawn into this idea that if I have enough faith and God will give me a good life, an easy life, he'll give me what I want, that motive will overcome us to the point where we're not willing to come under his authority. Now, the other is just as bad. We give up. We don't ask. We read Paul saying, oh, if Paul couldn't get what he want, why should I ask? No, I don't want that. It is impossible to please God without faith. I want a life of faith and commitment and trust that God can do anything. But I think God wants us to have this balance. It's never or very rarely either or it's both and. God can do whatever he likes. God is not limitless in power. And God often responds, always responds to our prayer and often the prayer of the request that we have. So we need to have faith and pray and believe and be expectant. But we need to have the humility and the submission and the brokenness to say, God, if you have another way, that's okay with me. Because if we don't have that, we're going to be walking away from God. Maybe not physically, We'll still come to church, we'll still go to life group, we'll still say, yes, I'm a child. But if we don't come under his authority, we'll walk away, we'll be disappointed, we'll be sad. Because it's not working the way that we wanted. Guess what? (laughs) This is the reality. The Christian life is not about what we want. Oh, I wish it was. How good would that be? But I'm not defeated and I'm not destroyed because I know I can trust God. When he says, this is the best for you, Paul, I believe it to be true. may not make sense. It might not be easy. But whenever God says, no, this is the way, I believe it to be true that that's the best for me. So God can do anything, anything at all. And I'd encourage you to pray. But we have to understand this. God also does what is best. Not what we want. Not what makes sense, not would be convenient, but God does what is best. If we want our hearts to be renewed, if we want revival, if we want dry bones coming to life, this will be it. This is the mark in the sand. Are we broken enough simply to say, God, I come under your authority. You can do whatever you like.
Or are we bargaining and reasoning and justifying and say, God, I've had faith, now bless me. I've had faith, now I want to receive. If we have that attitude, the blessing will never come. It'll just be a barrier. But if we're broken and humble and say, God, even I trust you for my bestest life. I trust you that what you do is for best. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, I so want us to leave here today with balanced thinking. (laughs) I don't want us to give up on praying and requesting and seeking. I want us to have great expectation because, God, you have all authority. Nothing's too hard. And you love to answer prayer and you love to bless us. So I do not want us leaving here defeated, thinking, well, why bother? (laughs) I pray that we would take hold of what Jesus said. If you have enough faith, you can move that mountain into the sea. But God, I pray also that we'd have an understanding of the submission that we need to have in our spirit where we say, God, but I trust you that you know what is best. God, we do seek you that you would bring our dry human bones to life. We do seek that you would bring revival and renewal to us and to the church. But this is the mark in the sand. (laughs) We need to have faith, but it's a faith that comes under the authority of God. We need to be broken and submissive and humble. So with expectation... And boldness and belief, God, we seek you and we come to the throne of grace and we make our requests before you. But God, we do so in a way where we understand that there is also your plan and your purposes. That may be an antinomy to us. We can't bring two separate truths together. Our minds just can't comprehend it, how it could be both. It's either one or the other, but it's not. We have to live in that tension of realising that This only makes sense to you. And that's the only person it needs to make sense to. Would you respond this morning? We've been talking a lot about prayer and faith and that that verse is always going to come up somewhere. If I have enough faith, do I just get whatever I ask for? (laughs) It's not really the question. It's do I have a faith that trusts God no matter what? Let's stand.